Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. We're starting a new series this morning, and, and for those of you maybe wondering, someone asked me, what did you do with Pastor Mark? I did nothing, Pastor Mark. <laughs> we, we've got him hidden. No, um, no, uh, he is actually, was uh, Marsha Freeman had asked him if he would come out and preach at her church, and uh, so he had uh, said he would, and, and it just so happened to be this week. So he, he's out there preaching at her church, and, and so you get me today. Um, hope that's a good thing for you. We'll, we'll find out. Let me know after. We'll, we'll see. Um, but we're going to start a new series this morning called Running on Empty, and we're going to talk about this for the next four weeks. And um, I want to ask a question that I think might be a little bit obvious, and maybe for some embarrassing, maybe for others, you just could care less about this. It doesn't bother you. But have you ever run out of gas before? Uh, more than I expected, honestly. I mean, that... that for me, I live in fear of running out of gas. I, I know that's it's dumb. I feel like that's silly, but I legitimately, like, I will make sure that I fill up my tank the minute it gets to a quarter of a tank. I'm like, we got to get to the gas station. If the light comes on, I'm panicking. I don't like that. I, I've been, my dad is really bad. Like, he'll just drive around and around with the light on. I'm like, you know that means that you need gas, right? And apparently Al, getting called out right there. I just, I can't do that. Like, I, and, and I know this is dumb. Maybe this is a pride thing. We'll talk about this in another sermon. But like, I fear that walk of shame. You know, when you're pulled along the side of the road and you have to make the trek to the gas station or you have to call somebody and be like, hey, guess what I did? I run out of gas because I'm irresponsible and I don't know how to go to the gas station. You know, I, I fear that. Like, I don't. I so don't want to make that call. Now, mechanical issues, that's something different, but I, I, I don't want to do it. I don't even want to do it once, Al. I'm so, I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. I really go to great lengths to avoid doing that. Now, it's interesting that I will go to great lengths to do that when it relates to my car, but what about my personal life? My Spiritual life, my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health, I don't go to the same great lengths to make sure that my gauge or my tank is always full. What about you? In fact, this is probably, sadly to admit, an area of my life that I ignore more often than I care to admit. I'm not good at making sure that I, I check my gauge regularly. I don't often ask myself, hey, Ian, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's, how's the tank? How, how full are you? Are, are you running on empty? However, I have been able to identify what I think is a symptom of when I know I'm running on empty. I don't know how this is for you, but for me, I find myself being tired constantly. Like just, just that, oh man, like, like, like a tiredness that you can't get away from. You ever been there? It's like it's just, it just doesn't escape you. You wake up, it's like, I know I slept eight hours, but it sure feels like I slept two minutes, you know? And you're just tired all the time. And it's, it's one of those tireds that's like, if I could stay in bed for a week, thank you, Jesus. 
You know, I, I remember being that tired once, once or twice, a couple times in my life where, where I was so tired. And this was not because of, you know, the, the whole running on empty. This was a legitimate thing. I had been up for 36 hours, no sleep. We were doing a youth thing um, where we had like extreme make, home makeover to our youth facility. And, and I was the only person allowed to be in there from our church. We had a, a group come in and do this. And, and so I, I had to be there. I was part of the leadership of this event and, and no sleep. None. There were a lot of guys crashing. A lot of girls said, I'm just going to take me a little nap, and then three hours is by, and it's like, so are you going to help? You know, no. I stayed up the whole 36 hours, and then I slept for like 16 after that. And, and that feeling of like, I could sleep forever. It was so good. And I think sometimes we get tired like that in our lives. We get tired like that spiritually. We get tired like that emotionally, relationally, mentally. Physically, it catches up with us at work. It catches up with us as a parent, at school, even at church. Sometimes it even hits us in our faith as a Christian. We get tired, we get worn out, we get burnout as we're trying to fulfill all of life's demands, all the responsibilities, all the things that we've got to do, and we just wear out. We're so fatigued with decisions and responsibilities and, and, and work that we, we internally, we just don't know what to do. Our tank is just empty. Have you ever been there before? Or am I alone in that? I think that many of us probably have. Many of us. You, you've, you've been there where your tank emotionally or relationally or physically or, or mentally, even spiritually, is just, it's just empty. It's, it's reached E. And the light is on and it's, it's flashing and you're like, I don't really know what to do with that. Um, what do I do? And I think we go through seasons of this. Some, some of them are, are short seasons. Sometimes it's it maybe a few weeks and it's like, you know what, I could just, a vacation would just fix it all. Anybody been there? You're like, just a vacation is what the doctor ordered. A, a beach, a cruise, a cabin in the woods, something. It's going to fix it. But you know what, there are times where vacation isn't going to fix it. Time off is not going to fix it. You could have all the time off and it's still, you're just so burnt out. And maybe it's a season or maybe it's just a really, really long period of time. Maybe it's been a, a, a few years. You've reached that place of being worn out. And I think that most of us have experienced this. If, if we're honest, we've probably dealt with this. Maybe there's some in here you say, you know what, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have energy all the time. I can go and go and never get tired. I never get worn out. Good for you. Teach us something, please. Because I think most of us, young and old, experience this at some point in our life. And it's, maybe you're not, you're not like me where you feel like, I just wish I could stay in bed forever and, and never come out of bed. That's like my safe haven. I just like, you know, you just get the covers up and you're just like, oh, just leave me be, you know. Maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's that you didn't miss work. You were still going to work and you're still doing all the things that you need to do. You're still being mom. You're still being dad. You're still being the person that you need to do. But you just, in here, you just, you're tucked away. You're in bed. Maybe there are some in here who are, Single parents, and you'd say, I know what that feels like. Raising kids by myself, it, it's wearing me out. Or maybe you, you know, you're a, a grandparent or a, a great-grandparent, and you're raising your grandchildren, and you say, I know what it feels like. 
Or maybe you, you, you lead people at work or, or you, you're just a leader in the community and you're like, I do all these things and, I, and I'm constantly on the go and, and it's like, I'm just, I'm just tired. Or, or those of you who are parents and have kids that play sports, man, I don't know how you do it if they don't drive. How do you get them all the places that they've got to go? Like, I've heard people tell me their schedule and I'm like, what? How do you, you got like a bus that comes to your house and picks them up or what? Like, how do you get this child there and that child there and then do your stuff? I mean, I don't, I mean, you got to know what it feels like to just be worn out from that. Worn out. And see, I think that for, for many of us, we, we reach a point where the functions of life continue. They go on, but the joy of life is gone. The joy of life is gone. And if that's where you're at this morning, let me just say this. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I think when we reach that point, we feel so alone. We feel like no one else understands what we're experiencing. But I bet that there are more in here that would say, yes, I know what you're talking about. I know that experience. We probably don't want to admit it, right? But we understand that. And so this morning... I want to look together uh, at a story out of Exodus. If you want to turn there, you can. But for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of running on empty. And we're going to be looking at things that I think uh, either cause burnout, are symptoms of burnout, or or red flags of burnout. Um, However you want to look at it. And I think everybody's story is a little bit different. Your experience might be different than mine. Um, But that's where we're going to go. And so... I want a disclaimer this, though. If you have dealt with burnout for a really long time or, or depression or anxiety, know this. I am not a medical professional. I'm not a licensed counselor. Honestly, I feel so unqualified to even talk about this this morning at all. I, Pastor Mark, I believe, would say the same thing. If you are really struggling with this, don't just listen the next four weeks and say, that's all I need. You, you may need to seek professional help from a real counselor. And if that's where you're at, we can help you with that. But I just, I, I feel like I need to say that because I, 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 we're just going to scratch the surface the next four weeks as we talk about this. And so we're going to begin though in an area, I think, where burnout happens the most. I think it's where burnout grows. It's where uh, if there was any one place that you could signify and say, okay, that's where burnout breeds, it's in our work. Wouldn't you agree? And it, it could be any kind of work. It could be the work that you do at your job Monday through Friday. It could be the work that you do volunteering here in the church. It could be the work that you do as a mom or a dad or uh, as a husband or wife. It could be any number of things. But I feel like burnout consistently manifests itself in the area of our work. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And if you fall asleep or or you get nothing else out of this morning, at least get this. This is the bottom line for the whole message. Um, This is it. We will always risk experiencing burnout if we work the wrong work. Let me say it again. We will always risk experiencing burnout. If we work the wrong work. I hope that's going to make more sense as we come to a close here in a little bit. But 
If we work a job that isn't meant for us, if you serve in an area that it's not meant for you, you're going to risk burning out. You're going to risk getting tired. You're going to risk losing your passion or getting frustrated or finding yourself discouraged, finding yourself maybe even becoming cynical or empty or, or, or just even, even perhaps prideful, which we're going to talk about in, in a later uh, week in this series. But there are all kinds of things that happen when we work the wrong work and it never leads to a good thing. And so hopefully we'll see this as we look at our text this morning. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 18, verses 17 through 23. Now this is a familiar text maybe to some and then completely unfamiliar to others. And what we're about to do is we're going to jump into the middle of a conversation between Moses, who I think even if you didn't grow up in the church, you may probably have heard that name. You're somewhat familiar with Moses, Uh, but you may not be familiar with his father-in-law Jethro. How'd you like to have that name? Sorry if you know somebody, that's just a very, that's like a period name. Like, I don't think people are in the hospitals today having babies naming, let's call him Jethro. I just don't think that's, that's happening. But I'm sorry if I insulted you and you, that is your name. I, I, I apologize. But it's just very, a very awkward name. And we jump into the middle of their conversation, and this is what it says. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. How do you like your father-in-law giving you advice? I won't go there. You're going to wear yourself out. And, and the people too. So you notice that Moses' problem is not just his problem. I think that's key. What's happening in Moses, we could easily say, well, that's just a Moses thing. Let Moses deal with it. No, it's affecting other people around him. You ever notice that sometimes our problems, our issues, even if they're personal, they can affect other people. And Jethro is identifying this and he's pointing this out in Moses. He says, hey, you're going to wear yourself out and the people too. Then he says, this job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me. And let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees and give them His instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50 and 10. They should always be available to resolve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Notice that last verse. That that to me, it just has so stuck out to me as I've read through this this week. Again, Moses' problem is affecting more than just Moses. And Jethro says, hey, if you follow this simple advice, this very practical advice, in fact, I think that you can make a case there's no real spiritual advice here. I mean, he's not really pointing out anything spiritual necessarily. It's just practical advice. And he says, if you follow this advice... It will lighten the pressure on your life. The pressure that you feel, this overwhelming sense that this burden is too heavy, it's going to fix that. And not only is it going to fix it for you, but all these people are going to go home in peace. 
They're going to experience peace. And I just think that's fascinating. I mean, it's, it's to me that just like, wow. Okay, God, how, where, where do I need to maybe look in my own life and say, okay, how are my issues affecting those around me? And if I could get it figured out and I would trust you to work in my life, how much more peace might be brought into my home, into my work, into the church, into our community? That was just free of charge. That was totally unplanned, and, and I, but I think it's so true. What if, what if we trusted God enough to follow this simple advice and peace would rule over our lives? It's kind of a big deal. Now Moses has this encounter with Jethro, and, and I get the feeling that this is not the first time he's maybe given him some advice. And he comes and he gives him this advice, and he basically is identifying, hey, if you keep going on this train, Moses, you're going to just burn out. You're going to destroy yourself. You're running on empty. The, the gauge is all the way down. The light's on. The warning bells are there. He says, this is not good. This is not good. Now, think about this for a second. The work that Moses is doing is good work. Work that had to be done. I mean, you could make an argument that he was called for this very purpose to do this work. Remember the burning bush and God told him, lead the people out of Israel. And in fact, I mean, this, this is like, this is what he was meant for. And now we see him reaching a point where it's not good anymore. He, he's, 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 burning out, he's burning out, the, the burden is too heavy. And I think that if we think about our own lives, some of us, we are serving in an area, we're working in an area, we're, we're doing work in our lives, be it in the community or in the church or even at our work or in our home, and it's at a pace that we can't sustain. It's wearing us out. It's perhaps in a place that we're not meant to serve. We're, we're, we're working work that, that really should be somebody else's job or, or that we should delegate to somebody else. Or we should invite somebody else on that journey with us and say, hey, I can't carry this all by myself, but I'm going to bring you alongside and we're going to work it together. And, and for some of us, we might even be working things that it's just the wrong season. It's good work. It's work that needs to be done, but it's not the right season for you to do it anymore. And maybe you need to let someone else come in and step up and take it over. Like, like Jethro tells Moses, he's like, hey, there, there's other people here who, who can do this. And maybe even true for some that we're serving in an area that doesn't maximize our passion or our gifting. And so it's like we just kind of go in and we do it, and we're like, oh, I got to. So-and-so said I had to be there, so I better do it. And it's like, you don't, it's not fun for you. You're not, you don't enjoy it. You're not getting anything out of it, and you're not really giving anything to it. See, I find it interesting that that's kind of the case with Moses here. Is he's doing work that's good work. It's work that needed to be done, but does Moses have to do it? No. No, so it's time for somebody else, as Jethro said. You need to appoint somebody else to come in and look after the, the, the thousand people, the, the 100 people, the 50, the tens. And I love that Jethro doesn't just point out a problem but he offers a solution. How many of you like it when someone comes and points out a problem but offers no solution? 
I didn't think I'd get any takers on that. <laughs> I mean, we're not signing up for that. Like, just come and I'll just point out all my problems and don't give me any advice on how to, how to handle it. Jethro doesn't do that. He says, hey, listen, I've got this solution. I see a problem. I've got a solution. And it's simple. It's simple, but it's practical. It's so practical. And if you would apply this in your life, it would be life-changing. It would totally change the game. It would completely lift this burden off of you in a way that is, it, it, it would make a difference for everyone, not just you, but for everyone. Now, I feel like, and as I was working on this sermon this week, I just kept thinking, man, this is so simple. Like, is there really anything here? It's kind of like I'm serving you a meal and there's not a lot of meat on the bones. You know, it's just like kind of like half a steak, a couple nibbles, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I want some more. But think about this for a second. As we understand it, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. And it's, I don't know exact numbers of people, but some of the things I've read say that just men alone, there was 600,000. With women and children and all and everything, it's potential that it was 2.4 million people that he led out of um, Israel or Egypt and, and is leading 2.4 million people. Even if it was 600,000 people, that's a lot of people to deal with every day. Can you imagine going into work every Monday and being like, I got 600,000 or 2.4 million people, pro people's problems. They're waiting in a line around the building and around the building and around the building to hear me give them, you know, to give them advice on their issues. Man, that's a counseling office that doesn't pay enough. I promise you that. I mean, can you imagine? And I feel like this doesn't get the magnitude, but when you put yourself in that situation and you start to think about what Moses was dealing with, that's the definition of running on empty. How long is he going to be able to go before he's just like, I can't take this anymore. And he goes into work every day in the work. At first, he's really excited about it. And he's passionate about it. And he's like, I just can't wait to jump in there and I'm going to do this. And God's called me in the burning bush and with the, all that. It's awesome. And then he's like, like the third Monday hits. And he's like, man, it's good work. Needs to be done, but it's getting harder. It's getting harder to get up. The alarm went off and I hit snooze three times. Like to have hit it a fourth. You know? Some of you like maybe do that more than I do it. Allison knows she hates it like five times, six times. When you reach an hour, is that a problem? I mean, at that point, why didn't you just set your alarm for an hour later, right? I might have an issue. <laughs> but Moses is like, man, this is, this is, it's, I'm just getting more and more overwhelmed every day. I'm more and more tired every day. And the work seems to be getting harder and harder and harder. And it's less and less fun and it's less and less fulfilling to me. The more and more I do it. I mean, we know what that feels like, right? It's that feeling of where you, you, it's again, it's good work, and you're like, man, this was, this was ripe for me to do, but can't somebody else do it today? You're just like, I know, it's my job, and I'm supposed to do it, but can't they get somebody else to do it? Maybe you felt that way before. I feel like, and when, this is one of the reasons I feel so unqualified to talk about this this morning and, and over the next couple of weeks, is that 
I feel like I have been there so much. And sadly, I feel like I've been there so much in my life of doing ministry. It's like the one place where I feel like you should just always be excited about your work and what you're doing. And maybe those of you who volunteer can say, yeah, I know. I, I feel whenever I'm just I don't want to do it, I feel kind of guilty because it's like, man, it's, it's church. It's good work. It's work that needs to be done. But aren't there days where you're kind of just like, man, I wonder if they could get somebody else, you know? Maybe Seth can lead worship today, you know? Maybe, maybe you go into work and it's like maybe somebody else can run the bank today. I, if I have to answer one more question about a loan, I'm going to drive away and hide somewhere, right? You know, or, or it, you know, whatever it is you do. If one more person asks me something about something, I'm going to like, it's going to be it. They're going to not be able to find me because I'm going to run and hide. And it's interesting. I think the key verse here, if you underline in your Bible, a good verse to underline is the one that says this. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. It's too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. And I think this is interesting and, and key for us because one of our core values is that we, is that we never do life alone. We talked about small group signups today as well. And this idea that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, are meant to be in groups. We're meant to be in circles, not rows. This is pretty, uh, really, I mean, we do this every week, but in life, this is kind of an unnatural thing for us to sit in rows and listen to somebody speak or to listen to music and, and worship in this way. We're meant to be circled up, living life together and doing it together. And so if this is something that you're struggling with and you'd say, man, I'm running on empty, look no further than your circle the people that you're doing life with and be willing to open up to them and say, hey, I'm struggling. My tank is empty emotionally. My tank is empty mentally. I'm physically just tired. Share with them what's going on and, 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 and be, be willing to say, hey, I'm going to invite somebody else into this situation with me because I'm not going to do it all by myself. It's too heavy a burden for me to handle by myself. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, I'm not really in a group and I don't like that and I don't really have somebody I feel like I can go to. Let me, let me say this. There is always someone that we can go to. Always. And his name is Jesus. And I don't want to be one of those people that just like says, here's your problem and it's very real and very difficult for you. Let's just slap a scripture verse on it and make it all better. I don't want to do that. But I really do believe that what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, is our answer to dealing with these very things. He says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now this is not rest like a vacation, a trip to the beach. This is rest that gets down deep into your soul and lifts that burden off, unlike anything else can or ever will. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Think about how different your Monday would be 
If every day you built into your life a healthy practice of saying, okay, Jesus, I've got these burdens. I'm carrying this weight. Here it is. You, you, you ever, you know, carry like a really heavy backpack? I'm always amazed. My daughter's oldest daughter, Lila, her backpack, I swear she's got like lead weights in that thing. I mean, she puts it on and it's like, you know, instantly. I'm like, how do you do this? You're just tiny, you know? But it's like, have you ever been carrying a heavy, heavy load and you just carried it for a long time and it's like, finally you get home and you get to like take it off and you're just like, oh, that, that relief. It's amazing. And Jesus does that for our soul. For your Monday through Monday, you know? For every day, whatever's going on in your life, he says, bring it to me and let me carry your burden. Put it at my feet. Stop trying to carry it on your own. Stop trying to take it all by yourself. Stop trying to, because my burden is light. It's easy. I don't know about you, but doesn't that just sound so good? Like on a day when you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to keep going. The thought of easy and light sounds amazing. That sounds a little bit like a vacation. But so much more. So much more. Now see, I think that what we need to do to overcome this in our life or defeat this in our life, however you want to say it, is to combine the practical advice that we see from Jethro and the spiritual advice from Jesus because then it's like a double threat. It's like we've got this strategy of defeating all the things that come up in our life in a given day with this good advice, but then the advice of Jesus, is, it's, gets, it gets deeper into our soul. And so I want to kind of pull out some thoughts from the conversation that Jethro and Moses have and hope that it, it, it will be liberating to you. And whatever you're dealing with in your life, if you're dealing with this condition of running on empty, which I think more of us are probably dealing with it than we care to admit, um, I, I think that this can be liberating. And, and, and the first thing is this. Realize that some jobs are not meant for us. Some jobs are not meant for you. And that could be for a number of reasons. It could be because it's just not your talent, it's not your gifting, it's not your passion. It could be because it's just not the right season, it's not the right time, it may not be the right place. Um, maybe the expectations are too high and you can't live up to it. But, but here's the thing, here's the struggle I think that happens, especially in the church, is we get this idea that we have to say yes to everything. You don't. <laughs> Let me maybe be the first person who's ever said that to you. You don't have to say yes to every request that comes your way. Amen? I mean, it's okay. In fact, I think that Jesus would say it's better if we say no than we say yes and don't follow through. Remember that whole thing about let your yes be yes and your no be no? I think that applies here. That when we out of some sense of like duty to our church or duty to the pastor or duty to someone who's asked us to do something for us, be it in the church, in the community, or in the, at, at our workplace, or even in our families. When we just say yes to everything, but we only do a few things really well, that's not good. That's not good. And so there may come a time when you have to learn or practice 
the principle of saying no. Now, I think about this as it relates to families. And I remember specifically when my stepmom started doing this in her life. I should say our life because it affected, again, all of us. It wasn't just her. Her personal decision when I was in 8th grade and my sister was in 7th grade to stop doing our laundry was not just a decision that affected her. (laughs) I promise you that. It affected all of us. But it's interesting. It was good work. It was work that needed to be done. But she learned to say, hey, you know what? This job is no longer right for me. I'm done doing your laundry. Here's the soap. Here's the basket. There's the washer and dryer. Good luck. You know, she showed us how to do it, and we started doing it. Started doing our laundry. And maybe there are some things in your life, even in your family life, parents, that you've been doing for your kids, even your little kids. And you're like, maybe it's time I just say no. We're going to teach them how to do it, and we're going to let them do it. I'm going to stop going into the playroom and cleaning it up for them every time. You know, we're going to teach them to be responsible of their stuff and do it on their own. Amen, parents? It's going to hurt a little bit at first. You know, another example of where my stepmom did this, this was life-changing for them. Uh, for, for my parents, uh, uh, this, they were in a really rough patch in their marriage, separated. And one of the contention points was the checkbook. How many of you have ever fought about money? I don't, you don't, don't raise your hand. You don't have to. But I imagine that that's, that's happened, right? And they fought constantly about money. And my stepmom, she, she managed the checkbook, managed the bank account paid all the bills, took care of all of that. My, I'm not sure that my dad even knew what, it, what that was, you know, had no idea. And it was such a tension in their marriage that one day she just said, you know what, God has told me, and she believed that God told her, trust him, he's generous, he can do it. That's what she felt like God told her. And so she did it, she just let go. And I remember being 18 years old, having to show my dad how to pay his bills because he had no idea how to do it. And it was not easy, but it was no longer the right work for her because it was destroying them. It was too heavy of a burden for her and for them, really, because it affected both of them. And it's been life-changing. She had to learn to say no. Second thing, and we will move on here. Realize that some jobs need helpers. Some jobs need helpers. Helpers, you need to invite other people in. You can't do it all on your own. You know, this is silly and this is just an example, but moving a couch by yourself is not fun, right? You need somebody else. And sometimes there are things in your life that you do at work, at at home, at church, in the community. And you know what? You're trying to do it all on your own. And it's like, I cannot do it by myself anymore. I need to invite somebody else in and let them help me. Third thing, and, and this right here, um, you may not be able to do this at work. may not work out for you, so I'm just going to say sorry up front. <laughs> but I think that you can in your personal life, in your life in serving in the community or serving at church or serving with your kids' sports teams or at school or wherever. When it is up to you, always work work that maximizes your passion and your gifting. Because you always want to do those things. 
If it maximizes what you're passionate about, it maximizes what you're good at, that's, that's, the, that's the lane, man. That's the spot. Get in that lane and just work that work. Don't, don't try to do things outside of that. Now, again, you might not be able to do that at work, right? I mean, you got to put food on the table. But when you can make that decision, I believe it's life-changing. Last thing, be aware that if you feel alone, you're not alone. You're not alone. There are many of us probably that would say, you know what, I know what that feels like. I've been a mom and I can come alongside other moms. In fact, I would challenge you, if this is true of you, that you would be willing to be open about this and let other people know that you've, you've struggled in this area because moms need other moms to come alongside them and say, hey, I've been there. Dads need other dads to come alongside of them and say, hey, you know what, I've been there. I know what it feels like. Uh, other co-workers, other husbands and wives, other people serving in the church, we need to come alongside each other and say, hey, I can help you in this struggle. I can help you not run on empty anymore. I can help be a person that will come alongside you and fill your tank up and help you. So how are you doing in this? Where are you at? Is it full? Is it half full? Running on a quarter of a tank? Or are you empty? And you're just barely hanging on. I would encourage you to ask yourself some questions. Questions like this. What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? What kind of work am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? And again, that may not mean that you can't, you still might have to go to work on Monday. Sorry. But if you can work this in other areas of your life, Monday might be a little bit more bearable. Where are you serving and giving your time and energy and resources that's just simply sucking you dry? It's just, it takes everything out of you. You come away from it and you're like, man, I have no energy to even continue on. And all I did was volunteer like two hours. It's just, it's just zapping me. What's zapping your energy? What burden is too heavy? What can you let go of and stop doing or delegate to someone else? What project have you taken on that you should have said no to? Where do you need to take a rest? And not just a vacation, but a rest in your soul. The the rest that only Jesus can give you. And then lastly, maybe you need to ask yourself the question, has my burnout persisted to a point where I need professional help? I need to see a counselor. I need to talk to somebody. We need to talk to somebody. We need to go and see somebody. So this morning as Nathan, he's going to sing the song Fullness that we sang earlier. And I love, I love this song. This song is, is so powerful. But I think that there might be some of you in here that would say, you know what? I want to be full again. I want to feel the fullness of the Spirit of God at work in my heart and my life because it's been a long time since I've felt that. And I'm so empty. And I'm so, my tank is drained. I mean, it's like there's not even fumes in there anymore. It's so empty. Bone dry. And I want to be full again. I would challenge you to do a few things this morning. One, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Your spouse, 
a friend, somebody that you can talk with that you trust, talk with them. Secondly, pray about it. Maybe that's this morning coming to the altar and praying. Maybe it's in your own time at home or sometime this week. Spend time in prayer. And then third, as you're praying, surrender those burdens to Jesus. Just surrender them to Jesus. And maybe while you're talking to your friends, surrender it to them as well. And just surrender that. And just, and, 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 I mean, I think the altar is a good place to do that where you really can just feel like you're literally going and laying it there. But leave it here. You know, don't pick it back up and take it home with you. And then get practical with your strategy. That might mean that you have to look at your calendar and say, what can I say no to? What can I take out? What can I rearrange to to lessen this burden in my life? Use the advice of Jethro in your life. And then lastly, seek help if you need it. Seek professional help. And I know I've said that a few times, but I feel like this is a real issue friends, and, 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 and just a sermon on Sunday is not enough for some of us. And so we're going to stand together, and I'd encourage you to sing, but if this is something that you're dealing with, I'd encourage you to just come to the altar and pray. Maybe bring a friend with you. You can stand. Uh, bring a spouse. Bring your spouse and a friend. <laughs> Create a little prayer circle. And just trust that God can carry your burdens, that Jesus can carry your burdens. Spirit, come. Jesus, pour out your spirit on us. God, fill our cup to overflow. God, may we be so full of your joy and your spirit, God, and your love and your your passion and your just mercy and grace, God, that we it, it would literally drip off of us. It would overflow onto everyone that we come in contact with. God, fill our tank to fullness. Pray, Lord, that those who in the room maybe are struggling or dealing with some things and maybe they're, they've not even reached a point, God, where they're really ready to admit it yet, that you would just break down that wall in their life. God, break their heart so that they would see that they need you more. They need you in their life. They need you working in their heart. They, they need the, the Spirit of God and the love of Jesus to transform them. God, help us to to surrender to you in every aspect of our lives, God, and to to surrender our burdens. May may every day as we get up and and prepare for our day, have the thought of, I'm surrendering my burdens to you, Jesus. I want your yoke because it's easy and, and your burden is light. Help us to live in that every day, Lord, because when we do, we're so much more effective for the kingdom. We're so much more, so much better at loving people and reaching others, God. May we live in that lane of maturity and faith and growth in you. Help us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Thank you for being here this morning. Hope you have a great week and come back next week to join us as we jump into week two.